Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Warwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? <sighs> Let's see. How's it going? My football team in college signed a guy who's lost 10 games in the last two years to a 10-year contract. The okay. Flyers are arguably the most just trash organization in the NHL. Sure. The Sixers stink and have a dis- One last and have a disgruntled superstar who's ruining the team. Uh, oh, the e- ruining the, that's that's hyperbole. The Eagles are a hot mess of garbage who are going to start Gardner Minshew on Sunday and lost. I'm excited about that. Jets. I really hope they do. I'd love to see the offense with uh, with Minshew for a week. I don't I don't need it long term, but I'd like to see uh, actual passing in the offense. Blech. Uh, and, uh, the Phillies have spent about as much money uh, in free agency as I did on like lunch today. So yeah, think you could say things are going great. Things are really, really fun. You've spent, you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on lunch yeah, today. It, that it, is it uh, expensive. It's not, but when you got that kind of, you know, when you got the kind of coin that you got, it's like, that's a drop in the bucket. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, a lot of, a lot of things are, uh, not ideal right now. And by the way, I am I'm really looking forward to this uh, the text this weekend. And by the way, I believe Jalen Hurts is going to end up starting. But um, I look forward to the text this weekend where it says, "Chris, I'm totally on board the Gardner Minshew train." I'll never. I, I've I poo pooed that trade from day one. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I what did you poo poo a sixth round pick I, for a good backup quarterback? I find it completely unnecessary to continue to, to create have a quarterback. To continue to create controversy inside your own organization, like a bunch of goobers do. What controversy? Who is it, he? Wasn't even active for the first like five games he was on the team. You know, people almost immediately that were like, "Wow, maybe we should start Gardner Minshew." When he played poorly, maybe we should start Gardner Minshew. Maybe we should try out Minshew. You just said it yourself. I'd like to see passing in this offense. We all would. I would. We all would. But I'd also like to see receiving in this offense. I'd like to have the, the tight end who you gave $32 million not have one catch for zero yards. I'd like to see the first. Well, I mean, th- you see that those two things are kind of linked together, right? Uh, I, okay. I'd like to see the first round pick not drop two touchdowns in his hand. In his hand. Well, that was just a. Bad pick is all that was. Oh, uh, well, uh, well, okay. So bad pick, bad organization, bad city, bad sports. It's all bad. Bad attitude. Uh, terrible attitude today. Let me <laughs> tell you. Oh, look, I mean, it is what it look. I, I don't, I don't want to watch Gardner Minshew play all year. Uh, I'm not. That's. I'm not excited about Gardner Minshew as the next starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm pretty sure Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback at the beginning of next season. But I don't, I'm cool with I'm cool with a week of actually completing passes. I think I think I saw that in eight of twelve games this season, Jalen Hurts has failed to throw for two hundred yards. Like that's that is not acceptable as a starting quarterback. Okay, I mean, is it? It, it, it might be. It might be if you can it's if not. you can build your offense. Right? Why we put up with Ben Simmons's bullshit 
for years, for years, that he couldn't shoot or wouldn't shoot and all this stuff, and we built a team around him to try to win. So why is it different in this situation? Because it's too easy to stop an offense that is just a running offense and you can't throw. It's what's going on. Uh, it's the problem in Baltimore as well. When you just, when Baltimore's smart teams Baltimore's the number one just, seed in the AFC. Yeah, and they almost lost to a, a pretty bad Browns team, bad-looking Browns team this past weekend. Two weeks ago, Miami just z- uh, zero blitzed them the entire time and dominated the game. Look, we have a lot to talk about. Very clear, as as this little prelude at the beginning has uh, has shown. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to talk about all of the Week 13 lines in the National I Football League as I get insane sir um as well as uh, some baseball stuff and uh, everything else going on in the in the sports world look we'll get to baseball we'll get to uh we'll get to the jalen hurts thing when we talk about these these lines a little bit later on you alluded to the philadelphia phillies not spending much in free agency i don't like look at the teams in the division i just don't see Everybody's pointing to the Mets. They've made the splashy acquisitions. They get Scherzer. Scherzer had a dead arm in uh, in October last year. Scherzer is not a young man. They're paying him, what, $43 million a season over the next three. I know they've got the money. It seems like a bad contract. I don't think it's a contract that anyone would be excited, the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, handing out to that level of starting pitcher, given the age. Would you rather be the team that spends recklessly or, or the team that waits? I, I'd rather wait in a situation like that uh, for that particular guy, despite the fact that I think short-term he could probably help us. I don't know if it's worth spending that kind of money uh, on Scherzer. As good as he was during the regular season, you are correct. When he's, his team needed him the most in the postseason, he literally couldn't go. So that's a problem. And we've seen... We dealt with the tail end of of star pitchers, right? We saw the breakdown of Doc. We saw the breakdown of Cliff mm. Lee. Like we we lived through that, and I I don't want to do that again because I don't know if I'm gonna get the one good or two good years of Scherzer. Like there's no yeah. guarantees there. So to invest that much money in a guy of that you know of that age, and sure, may he he might be great next year. He might be great two years from now. It's I don't think it's worth the financial risk if you're the Phillies. Who already have a gigantic payroll and can't make the playoffs? Yeah, th- I mean, this contract is going to take Scherzer through his age forty season. Yeah, that's it's a lot of money to be. I mean, I'm sure there will be an opt out after the two years, like it's built in already. So I'm sure that's going to be what's going to happen. But yeah, but why would he opt out? I mean, if he can get paid elsewhere, he's not going to get paid as a forty year. Jamie Moyer did. That's not true. He didn't get paid, but Jamie Moyer won World Series games. Scherzer is not opting out of a forty-three million dollar <laughs> contract to to go and sign like a two-year fifteen million dollar contract with someone. You're probably no, right. Scherzer, Scherzer is not opting out of this deal. Short of uh, he's the statistically the greatest pitcher in baseball history that second season. This is this is who he is. This is what he is. Is the combination of Scherzer and Degrom a, a scary one from uh, an NL East perspective? Absolutely it is, but it's just not a good gamble to take. It's a scary one from an MLB perspective. I mean, if you talk mm-hmm. about 
any playoff series, any playoff game, if they're both healthy, and that's a question for both guys. It's not just a Scherzer question. It's certainly a DeGrom question as well. If they're yeah. both healthy, though, that is a that is a formidable pair uh, to be facing in a postseason. There's no doubt. Let's see. Mr. DeGrom against Atlanta had uh, one start. It lasted 4.1 innings, and he had a 4.1 ERA. And uh, now he's making $43 million. Well, I mean, what can you do? Good for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Good for him. Talk but... about getting paid. For sure. For oh, for sure. I was I was looking at the the World Series odds, but it looks like Bavada took their futures down, uh, as is understandable right now, given the uncertainty around free agency and the, the insanity uh, around free agency. But we're seeing a lot of guys tied to the Phillies um, with the expectation that maybe a trigger is pulled prior to this lockout coming shortly. Uh, guys like I mean Kevin Kiermaier has been a trade target if you're looking for a defensive center fielder. Kyle Schwarber has been the guy who is really, uh, I guess, probably a, a, the hottest of the hot stove targets for the Phillies. Uh, Chris Bryant has been mentioned. Uh, Castellanos has been mentioned. They did agree to uh, avoid arbitration, a one-year deal with a Sir Anthony Dominguez oh, well. today. So a Sir Anthony is back. Uh, Roman Quinn is gone. The the they're interested in the the Corey Nebel from the Dodgers. What would you do? I mean, what are, what's the what's the realistic offseason for you? I'll be honest. I I will miss Roman Quinn being the the fastest guy uh, who couldn't get a hit on the injured list. Well, the fastest guy, yes, on the injured list, but also the <laughs> fastest guy who could never get on base ever. Uh, I'll miss that. Uh, I mean, listen, I I will take one of any of the outfielders if it's a trade for Kiermaier. I fine. I don't know what we did. Kiermaier should cost. He should cost yeah. nothing. He's negative. He's negative value on that contract, and they're looking to save money. So, I would think you get you get Kiermaier for a top twenty to thirty ish prospect. Now, I guess it's worth pointing out that that team has done a pretty good job of identifying lower level Phillies prospects before. Uh, so decent decent gamble for them, but he can't be. It can't be just Kiermaier. It has to be Kiermaier plus because you need another bat in this lineup. Yeah, I think. I think. If you can pull off, I just don't know what Castellanos costs. It's going to be a lot. He's coming off a very good year. I don't know. I'm fine with honestly landing at least one of the people that you mentioned. Like, I'd be fine with Schwarber. Schwarber. I'd be fine with, like, I think Schwarber could excel here. You know, power left-handed hitter. For sure. Right field is definitely a a reachable distance on uh, every single at-bat for him. So, and he is an on-base machine, and that's something this lineup desperately yeah, needs. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, he's the name that's kind of stood out to me throughout this entire thing because it's not—it's not like the biggest of big splashes, but it's certainly—it's certainly something that seriously improves your lineup. Chris Bryant's a pipe dream. Um, it'd be awesome. It—it'd be. Why do you think he's a pipe dream? I just—I just don't think they're going to spend the money that I think Bryant's going to get. I don't, but hey, he's he's very good friends with Bryce Harper. Believe me, if you think that hasn't crossed my mind, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. you are absolutely insane. I would love if that if that came to fruition and the BFFs could could reunite uh, in the lineup, you know, at three and four, or four and five, or whatever you want to, wherever you want to put them. It would be it would be fantastic for this team. Um, I just don't know if the money's going to be right. 
to get a former MVP, to have two former MVPs on your team uh, would be fantastic. But I don't know. Are we at all concerned about the fact that Bryant hasn't hit 280 or above since, you know, I guess that 2019 season? No, because we're too busy being worried about how good he looked as a San Francisco Giant in the last half of the season. When, oh, by the way, as a Giant in those 51 games, he hit 262 with uh, seven home runs and 22 RPGs. That's all I'm worried about. Fine with that. I can live you gotta with get, that. You bring, add that 260 hitter to the lineup. I mean, That's the big splash. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm more than okay with it. Kapler wasn't using him right. That's what I'll blame that on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. I, I forget. Did, did he win manager of the year? He may have. May, may or may, that, that's a legend. <laughs> the legend. They got that MVP back in 2016, too. That's uh, It's been a minute. Listen, I can talk myself Has... into anything. You know me. Yeah, and that's why we're so excited about Gardner Minshew. <laughs> oh, God. Philly sports falling apart. No, I mean, I listen, I just need them to do literally anything. Just do something. Just so I can kind of get excited uh, for the upcoming, you know, lockout shortened season. Oh, for sure. Well, and it's also an interesting time because you have to assume that the DH is probably going to be in the NL when we next see baseball. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, the oddity of the pitcher batting is is forever going to go away, which is sort of a bummer because it takes a lot out of the strategic side of the game. But um, you know, it'll it'll certainly it'll certainly it'll give you more options, give you more places to put guys who theoretically can't field or allow you to have two guys like Alec Bohm and Reese Hoskins in the same lineup. Um, yeah. Well, Bohm's got a hit before he's uh we, we even talk about well, him being yeah. a TH type candidate. Of but course. I see what I do I see what you're saying, and you're gonna be able to give JT a break. He won't have to catch every day. It'll be good for the longevity. I'd love to take a swing on the uh the Japanese center fielder Saya Suzuki, who he's just been absolutely unbelievable in the uh, in the NBP for uh, the last handful of seasons. I think he won an MVP in twenty nineteen. We never get that. We never get that fun international guy. No, they they always they go to the big the big market teams, buddy. And we're just not we're not a big market team, uh, despite what our market size is. We are uh, we are stooges in that sense. We don't get any sort of well, respect I mean, because we're a franchise that's won two titles in like 145 years, and we're we never actually compete. We had five good years from 2007 to 2012. We had mm-hmm. 1993, uh, we had 1980, 1983, I think we also went to the World Series, and then pretty much just misery forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So there's no there's no brand pull that you can use, you know, to, to kind of get those guys to to the Philadelphia. It just, it just isn't. Uh, I guess. Uh, it's... It's, got, money is uh, money is the the evening factor, though. Well, we have to be willing to spend it, and I don't know. Yeah. Outside of the Bryce well, Harper are we deal. really criticizing them? Yeah, and Zach Wheeler. True. Uh, and JT Real Muto. It, but still, it's. But still, what? It, it it doesn't produce anything. They just spend, spend, spend. I don't know. I I don't get it. I I don't get this team. I don't get this franchise. 
It's just bothersome. Do something. Do if if it's if it's signing the guy you're talking about, I'm fine. Just do, but just do it. Like let's go. Who's the? This is going to show my ignorance towards uh, towards baseball. Who was the? Who's that stud closer? Maybe from the Twins that's been available. Who's the Twins closer? You talking Craig Kimbrell? No, no. not Craig, Craig Kimbrell. There's a there's a closer the Phillies have been linked to. Oh God, I looked at I looked at the his last, information. The last Twins pitcher I remember is Vance Worley. So. So yeah, I think that that's pretty recent, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm looking it up. I'm scrolling on the I'm scrolling up on the Phillies board right now to see uh but there's just so much going Taylor on. Taylor Rogers? Nah, maybe it's not the twins. Maybe I'm just completely wrong. Oh boy, Castellanos is looking for a seven or eight year deal. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's gonna be um. It's like one good year be... of produ- of serious production, maybe two. Yeah. By the way, can we address the fact that this team is is really going to appreciate Hector Neris more now that he's gone? What do you mean? I mean this this was a a guy who got some crap from fans. Bar but up the wrong tree, sir. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like this is one of the better and statistically one of the best closers we've ever had. I'm I'm I don't I don't want to do this, but every single stats nerd who wants to tell me about how good Hector Neris is because his ERA plus is above average. I, well, he's the all-time leader in strikeouts from any Philly reliever. So I, I mean that is I, that's not a that's not a margin stat. I do not care. I can strike people out. Hector Neris wasn't the closer for you almost the entire year. can't strike people year. out. I, I, <laughs> I, my point was, I, I diverted mid-sentence. I can strike people out, too, in the ninth inning up six runs because I need to get work in that day. You know when I don't strike people out? When it actually mattered, and all I did was blow saves or leads when I was the setup guy, when I was this guy. In, situational, in situations where you needed to come through, he did not on multiple occasions. Stats tell you a lot, but when you actually watch the game and you see it, and you see the situational baseball, which gets thrown out the window because math, it it becomes a situation where stupid you're like, math. yeah, yeah. It, well, but it is stupid math in in, a, in 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 certain time frames, right? The Tampa Bay Rays lost the World Series because of stupid math, potentially because they pulled Blake Snell when he was motoring because of analytics. So. Yes, it is stupid math in some situations, and the Hector Neris one is one of those situations. I don't care what is. Um, I don't care what. I don't. I don't care how many strikeouts he had in situational baseball. He did not come through when you needed him a lot of times, and it's it's insane that people are going to put him on a pedestal at some point. By the way, you absolute lunatic. <laughs> uh, I did come. I did come up with uh, the player I was talking about. I said Twins. I meant Brewers. Uh, Josh mm. Hader. I would take Hader. I would definitely take Hader. Gonna cost a lot of money. Fine. Uh, a lot. A lot of prospects. That is a gentleman that gets people out co- consistently. In all situations. One of, one of the better closers in baseball right now. You you brought up a very touchy subject because I I have uh, Mikey's friend. He tried to he tried to bring this horse uh, horse crap toward towards mm-hmm. me about Hector. Thank you, Neris. thank you for not cursing on the fucking show. <laughs> You're welcome. He tried to bring this this same thing 
a few days ago uh, when the, that went down, and it just it baffles me. It baffles me that someone like that, who wa- I know he watches 150 games a year, can be that disappointed when you see the disappointment in games that Hector Neris has specifically costed you. Like, it's it's insane to me. And, okay, I get it, man. Strikeouts are cool. ERA plus is cool. I don't I don't care when I watch you. I can't believe games. you're talking about ERA plus, even as uh, something that doesn't matter. I, it's just so crazy to me that you're talking about ERA it's plus. It's because he kept throwing it in my face about his ERA plus, and I guess it's some sort of comparison for that guy versus the league average. I don't care what the league average is. When you give up a two-run homer in the top of the ninth inning with two outs to tie or go behind in a game. I don't care what your ERA plus is. It doesn't matter in that situation. Situationally, you were a bad closer. That's just what it is. That's why you got demoted in the middle of the year. Like it, it's, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm having a hard time figuring out if you're pro or con ERA plus. I am con ERA plus. <laughs> You're really playing it subtle. <laughs> oh man, it's just—it's one of this. He Hector Neris will forever go down as a guy to me that will I will always argue. He is my Phillies Covington right now because of the way that so, that people are acting. Like him leaving is some sort of ginormous, like like tr- franchise shifting move. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. had the worst bullpen in baseball for two years. He's been our best guy in that bullpen, and he's terrible. So it's it's like being the best player on a 10-win Sixers team. It's not good. It's not good. Who was the best player? That Okafor? I don't know. It's, it, it was nobody. It was either Okafor or Covington, and either way, it wasn't it's Covington. not good. It wasn't Covington. Um, Isaiah Cannon, Tony, maybe? T- t- Tony Roden. Tony Roden. Cannonball. <sighs> Tony Roten uh, was involved in that. That um, uh, he like what did they did some they committed fraud with. Oh, he was the, one of like twelve players or whatever. The insurance, uh. yeah, that's uh, not great. Hey guys, Chris here to let you know that this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by the Wisdom app. Recently, Greg and I stumbled upon this new app called Wisdom that we are uh, super excited about because it's going to let us do a better job of interacting with you guys, the listeners, the people who are the reason we're here. Greg and I are actually going to go live on the app on Tuesday, December 7th, right around 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And we'd love it for you guys to hop into the conversation as well. We can take your questions. We can uh, we can chit-chat. It's going to be a good time. What you're going to do is download the app. Follow me at Chris Horwoodell, C-H-R-I-S-H-O-R-W-E-D-E-L, and you'll be notified as soon as we go live. Then just hop on and hop into the conversation. Once again, it's going to be next Thursday. For more information, you can check out the show notes, and uh, we hope to see you then. college football for a second because we had a couple of really big pieces of news this week and that are in the coaching world Lincoln Riley goes from Oklahoma to being the new coach at USC his contract by the way ridiculous I don't know if you saw the details of that it's insane 
And uh, Brian Kelly goes from Notre Dame to LSU to co- to replace Coach O. Notre Dame sitting at plus 2,500 at Bavada to win the 2021-2022 National Championship right now. I don't know how I feel about uh, that particular wager, but it is it is there to make. What were your reactions to both Kelly and uh, and um, Lincoln Riley getting these new jobs? I think the Lincoln Riley one is the less surprising of the two, right? Because really, yeah, because think about it. Oklahoma is going to go from being the big dog in the the uh, the yeah, big dog the big in the 12. Big Twelve to move into the SEC, where it is really really hard to be yeah. the big dog. Uh, and it's it, to me, you take that money, you you see the contract details, you go oh to USC where you can dominate the Pac-12 and mm-hmm. be, essentially live off USC's history and waltz your way into the college football playoff almost every year just by going undefeated in the Pac-12 and winning the Pac-12 championship, and you're essentially college football's hero. Because you resurrected a program that's been in turmoil since the early 2000s, right? And it's, yeah. essentially, USC hasn't mattered since Pete Carroll left, right? I mean, it's about about accurate. Yeah. So if you go and fix that problem, you you can do whatever you want. You're like a kingmaker, essentially. Um, so I, I I'm not surprised by that at all. Like, why go and be super competitive? It being the most competitive league out there. With the potential that in four years you no longer have that head coaching job, or go to USC, compete with who? Oregon? Okay, that's one team. Everybody else has been up and down in that in that conference for years. UCLA's gotten better under Chip Kelly. That's fine. Oregon State is what it is. The Arizona teams. Arizona State's been fine under Herm Edwards, but overall, it's nothing. It, it's not. It's that. That's not a team that's going to win a national championship, right? Um, yeah. Stanford has Stanford needs. You want to talk about a team that needs to move on from a head coach? They need to move on and find something new. I think that that's the 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 perfect way to play this. If you're if you're uh, um, I, I can't think of Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah. Whereas Brian Kelly, I think you're going from a situation where you know Notre Dame's eleven and one. They their only loss is to Cincinnati, who's a playoff team. Now I know it's at home, and they lost at home to them. But it is it is what it is. You now um, you now are going to go to LSU, where a guy who won a national championship two years ago is no longer going to be there because of his losses. Like it, it, this is this is a very calculated risk to take, and I know you know contracts, etc., guaranteed money. You know you want a chance to win a national championship. You think you have a better shot there. Look at that LSU schedule. I think I think somebody pointed out on Twitter every single team in the SEC West made a bowl game this year. That's that's tough. There's not a lot of conferences where their divisions are all making bowl games. So good luck, I guess. I mean, I guess you want to talk recruiting, you kind of own Louisiana, but it's it's a different ball game from being at Notre Dame. And like Notre Dame's obviously hard to recruit now. It's it's not 1980, you know, where you could walk yeah, into any. They're not, they're all, yeah, they're not the only team on television every week. Yeah, you're you're just another program essentially. So, I think I think that's the more surprising one because I think that's the more difficult job. 
can we talk about the most surprising name that's been included in this coaching carousel at all? And that is, uh, that's Rappaport reporting that Oklahoma is targeting Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> to be their next head coach to replace Lincoln Riley. And what shocked me the most and like what made me think there might be some legitimacy to this is what Kingsbury said when he was asked about it. It seems to me like this is an obvious, I love coaching in the NFL. I love coaching the Cardinals. That's not something I'm interested in kind of answer. Shut it down immediately. But he didn't. He said, we're in season. That's not a topic I want to touch right now. Why not shut it down? I mean, why? Because it's it makes no sense. Like, I, com- I couldn't agree with you more. Even Urban Meyer had the sense to shut down the fact that he's going to be Notre Dame's next new coach. Like, yeah. he even was able to try to dispel the rumors, despite the fact that you know it is almost a guarantee, in my mind, that Urban Meyer will be the guy on the sidelines in South Bend at the beginning of the next college football season. Like, You think so? I do. I truthfully, truthfully do. He coached there before. He coached under Lou Holtz. Now's the time. The Jaguars are going to fire him because he stinks in the NFL. This is the move if you're Urban Meyer. Now, if you're Oklahoma... I don't understand the draw of Kingsbury to come there. He was a mediocre college coach. He was, yeah, well, he was a, he was a mediocre offensive coordinator. He was never even a college coach. Nah, but he he's Texas shown Tech, that he, he? That might be true. But um, there, the fact that he's going to be a recruiting machine if he steps into, if he steps back into a college campus. 100% going to be a recruiting machine. This is a guy who's had success in the NFL. This is a guy who coached a guy who, I don't know, could be the MVP of the league this year. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, the, he, yeah, you're right. He was the head coach of Texas Tech. I mean, yeah, well, that, but, well uh, it's, it's weird because he took that, he took that, te- he took the USC job. And then like four days later, he was like, yeah, ah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go coach, uh, I'm going to go coach the Cardinals instead. <laughs> Which was it's insane. a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he didn't even but take the you, head coaching job there. He took the offensive coordinator job, which but is do crazy. You, did, do you agree with me that like it feels like there's some weird legitimacy to this in that he's not he's not shutting it down? Yeah, I do. I, I do think so. I think if you if you were being truthful, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you go, guys, I'm, I'm not leaving the NFL to go coach there. Which it would be, it just would be such a surprising move because he's in a relatively good situation for an NFL head coach. He's got a, you know, first contract NFL quarterback with pieces around him. Like you could build that team. You have a chance to be a winner with that team. You have, I think, what the best record in the NFC, or if not at worst, second best record in the NFC. Like you're winning with your backup. Like that's how that's how good your team is playing right now, and without mm-hmm. your best wide receiver, like it, it to me, it's it's very strange to not just be like I'm not I'm not going to coach in in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, Cardinals actually not just the best record in the NFC have the best record in football right yeah. now. Yeah, so I mean, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre scenario to not just be like I'm not doing this. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm an NFL head coach. I make a lot of money. My team's really good. I might be coach of the year this year. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to see how this plays out. Yeah. Do the Cardinals have the best odds on Bovada for to win the, the Super Bowl? 
Uh, I can I check like, that. Out. I, I feel like the Patriots may have like skyrocketed. I mean, they've obviously skyrocketed up the list, but I'm very, I'm very interested to see where those would lie because we don't really, we haven't seen the Cardinals in four weeks. You had three weeks without Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, and then you had the bye week, and now until this upcoming week is when you'll get them back. So uh, that's very strange. And I know that's the NFL. Card- and we. Yeah, cards tied for the third best odds at Bavada to win the uh, win the Super Bowl yeah. this year. Okay, I guess that makes sense. S- sitting at plus seven fifty, um, you know, I think you can I think you can guess that the Buccaneers and the Chiefs are the teams ahead of them. Yeah, with with the Bills, the Patriots right on their tail, and they are tied with the Packers for that third uh, the third spot. Huh. So. Yeah, I don't know. Football is weird. Football is funny. And it's week 13. Like, how the hell did that happen? I I don't know. It just, it came out of absolutely nowhere. Out of absolutely nowhere. The football offseason takes forever. The football regular season, I don't know, like 20, it feels like it takes 20 minutes. It, 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 It is something that just flies by. Like, there is just, all of a sudden, it's like, boom, here we are. Hey, we're gonna come, uh. We're we're just gonna like it's one of those, and stop right there. We're done. <laughs> exactly. Like you can't even. It's it's so quick that like I. It feels like yesterday was like week two, and we were like <laughs> jazzed up about the Eagles beating the Falcons, and now we're here and in the pit of disaster or pit of despair. Jazzed up about potentially seeing Gardner oh, Minshew. I will never. All right, let's talk. Let's talk week thirteen in the NFL. Thursday night, the Dallas Cowboys head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. And Bavada has those aforementioned Saints plus four and a half at home. Dallas is like in a COVID situation, right? Amari Cooper's still yeah. not playing. They don't have a head coach. It's I think I saw Cooper is on track to play this week, but I'm I'm looking that up while you're talking. Uh, man, it it's just it's just bad. It's bad right there. And they're playing poorly. The good thing is, is they're playing the Saints, who stink. Like, they, the injury bug tore them apart, you know. Uh, yeah. Trevor Simeon, you saw what he did against the Bills, which was nothing. They scored less points on Thanksgiving than the Lions, uh, which is bad. That's that's absolutely bad. Um, running game, there's no Kamara. There's no Mark Ingram. It, there was, I don't know if they'll be on track to play this Thursday, but they weren't there over the weekend. It's just, it can, can CD lamb, can Amari get back for this game? It changes. Yeah. The tying ca- it in as of yesterday, Cooper was expected to play this. Week. Okay. So that, that at least, that at least gives, that at least gives you some hope for Dallas's offense. I think, I think I'd have to lean Cowboys. I know it's on the road and it's in the Superdome and that's tough, but I think I have to lean Cowboys. You're not excited about the uh, the reemergence of the Taysom Hill era for the Saints. Apparently, he was taking the majority of first team snaps this week. Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's, he's probably going to win MVP. Uh, of what the men's league over over 35 league in like tw- 10 years? I mean, probably can. I mean, he's imagine he's a solid athlete. More than likely, I'll take him. I'll take him <laughs> on the roster. 
we talked about this team a lot. The Arizona Cardinals head to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears, and Bavada's got the Bears plus eight at home. If we're going to get the full slate of Cardinals, kind of like we talked about, if we're getting Kyler back, if we're getting D-Hop back, I don't know what Chase Edmonds' situation is. He was on IR. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't, but they've been fine with James Conner. I mean, I think I think this is a pretty relatively easy game for them. The Bears, I'm assuming it's still going to be Dalton. I think that Fields, the rib, is still an issue. And mm. we saw that. We saw what that offense can produce against even a, a pitiful Lions team. It took it took a last-second field goal for and, – and, and honestly, a severe screw-up of the clock by Dan Campbell and the Lions coaching staff uh, for the yeah. Bears to even be in position to win that game. So – I think this is a Cardinals. I know it's on the road, and I know it's in Soldier Field. It's cold outside, but I think it's a route. Well, uh, I can't argue with it. Need the Bears to win some games, though. Giants have that first-round pick. The Indianapolis Colts head to Houston to take on the Houston Texans, and Bavada's got the Texans plus nine at home. I think this is a closer game than than the spread's going to talk about. Houston... I know they lost to the Jets. I get that. The Jets stink. But Houston battles in like every game. Yeah. They really do. Since since uh Tarod Taylor has come back, it has it, it's a different team. It's a more cohesive offense. He is able to get the ball down the field to Cooks. You saw his touchdown pass to him this weekend. It was an absolute it was a beautiful pass through coverage. It was it, it's mm-hmm. it's something that Davis Webb couldn't give them, right? Davis Webb, Davis Mills, Davis Webb, I think is a golfer, <laughs> um, or tennis player. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Davis Mills couldn't give them. So it, to me, I think that this is a team that can hang with them. If you, all you have to do is limit the amount that Jonathan Taylor can hurt you. Like we saw the Bucks essentially like take him out of the game. Now Wentz played very well because the Bucks secondary is Swiss cheese. Uh, they're they're the the 2019 Eagles all over again where there's just zero so everybody gets hurt every every game uh and they're playing with you know AAF uh corners throughout the entire secondary. So to me I think that this is this is a spot where the Texans can play them tough. Keep Jonathan Taylor bottled up. I mean, honestly, bottled up is like a, a touchdown and like a buck ten uh, yeah. for Taylor with the way his season's gone. Force them to have to throw the ball and 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 see what you can do. But I think Houston can hang into this one. By the way, Davis Webb, the uh, former quarterback from Texas Tech and uh, UC Berkeley, is currently a Buffalo Bill. Davis Webb, huh? Really, football quarterback? Look at that. Lots of Davises in the NFL. Really is. Well, there's two. The <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and Bavada has those Bengals minus three at home. I think the Chargers are dead to me. Uh, oh. I, I, I had them 13 spots left in an eliminator pool, and I took the Chargers on the road against the Broncos. It was my best uh, best bet. But I don't know what this team is. I don't I don't know. I, I can't put I can't wrap my head around how bad this team can be every other week. Like, mm-hmm. defensively, they're letting Drew Locke drive on them. They're letting, you know, they're getting run all over, which I guess isn't surprising because they've been one of the worst, you know, run defense teams in the league. But it's just, like, 
the offense is is inconsistent. It's you know Mike Williams disappears for three weeks, and then as a giant catch he did against the Steelers. Uh, Herbert's fine, I guess. Uh, they just do they do things very like weirdly that I can't I can't seem to wrap my head around exactly what to think of them. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. Like it's it's baffling. It's baffling. And and you want to trust Brandon Staley and like for what he showed earlier in the season, but I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Bengals who went out and did what they needed to do against the Steelers. I mean, they embarrassed the Steelers. Yeah, that's an understatement. It, it was a complete smackdown. And Jamar Chase didn't even have a good game. Uh, no, I think the he hasn't passed 50 yards receiving in the past four games. Yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon just absolutely dominated that Steelers team. The Steelers' offense was inept. They couldn't do anything. Uh, that is that is how you come out of a bye if you're the Bengals. After a tough loss to Cleveland, you come out of the bye and you just absolutely lay the smack down on another division rival, and that's that's what you did. Burrow and, and company, I mean, they look primed to be able to at least contend for playoff spot. I don't know if they can contend for the division, but they, I think they can contend for one of those wild card spots. They've they've impressed me, and I think at home, I think at home, they have to be the team to go with. Yeah, they're three and one in the division already, and their only loss coming to the Browns uh, a handful of weeks ago. So they're in a decent position if they keep this up, and uh, you know they should be able to keep it up this week. The Minnesota Vikings traveled to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions, and Bavada's got the Lions plus seven at home. You kind of hit a point where you, like, you stop feeling bad for the Lions, and you just kind of go, yeah. what are we doing here exactly? Right. Like, Still trying this, huh? I, I mean, when do the players give up? Because they are... A couple in, weeks ago. But they, but they are in a lot of these games. Like... And I don't know whether it's just the fact that the Bears are that bad of a team as well, but like they are, yeah. It's it's it, I don't know how you could watch that team week in and week out and be anything but annoyed by them. Like it's just it's infuriating to me if I was a, if I was a Lions fan. And then the Vikings. I mean, the loss of Dalvin Cook is yeah, it hurts. It, it you you beat the Packers. And you come out and you're playing, you know, in a another shootout style game with the the 49ers, and then that play happens, and it's just like, uh, this is not going to be the same. I think they can still beat the Lions uh, pretty handily. I know they didn't they play a close game the first time around, and it was a late like last second field goal that the Vikings had to hit. To, to beat them, uh, I think it's a different story in this one, though. Even with Dalvin Cook being out, the Vikings kind of catch a break here, uh, and I think they can throw all over this this Lions team. So I think it's the Vikings. Yeah, Vikings beat the Lions 19-17 to back in uh, week five, it looks like. Yeah, they, it was a last-second field goal. Had to be. It was... Because Greg Joseph is their kicker? Yeah, it's 100% a last-second field goal that they shouldn't have even been in contention for. Yeah, Bears are terrible. Uh, that, that Bears pick from uh, the the Giants got from trading back after uh, the Eagles took Devontae Smith with that 11 pick. They ended up getting that first-round pick from the Bears, and that is now the number 7 overall pick. The Eagles have the number 9 overall pick from the Dolphins from trading back in 
then eventually trading up and getting Devonte Smith. The draft is weird right now. And by the way, you know, Lions fans should feel terrible for a lot of reasons, not the least of which this is not the year to have the first pick in the draft. But it goes, we currently sit Lions, Texans, Jaguars. All right. Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Eagles, Eagles. <laughs> like we have never, we've never seen that before. We have three consecutive teams making back-to-back picks in the top 10. That is, that would be astonishing, I guess. Yeah. Is that, is that a good way to do it? Like Just the math shouldn't allow that to happen. No, not even a tiny bit. But I'll take it. I, uh, yeah, I um, <laughs> as is the plight of an Eagles fan, I I do mock drafts pretty much every single day on BFN. Uh, today we made a bunch of trades. We I'll, I'll be interested in your take on some of this stuff because there are some Penn State players in here. Made a bunch of trades. Uh, first pick ends up being fifteen. Take Jordan Davis, the big defensive tackle from Georgia. I think we're gonna have to replace Fletcher Cox soon. It was just positional value. Pick again at 18, take Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the cornerback, Cincinnati. Love me some Sauce Gardner. Number 21, uh, take Tyler Lindbaum, the offensive center from Iowa. That way you can keep uh, you can keep Landon at left guard. At 40, get uh, Alabama safety Jordan Battle. At 42, Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith. At 46, uh, Washington quarterback Trent McDuffie. 48, Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker, and at 49, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. I mean, I would take Jahan Dotson all day. He's the only reason Penn State competed in any games this year. Uh, he was the heart and soul of that offense. There is, there, there is it, That was it. He is a guy who I think can certainly go to the next level. Um, it, it just... I. I I can't see any more of Jalen Rager, so I'm fine. I'm more than fine with that. And you're not spending those early those early picks. I love everything you said. Early corners, you know, uh, early linemen. Give me, uh, give me all of that. Those are the three things we need. I I can't take another skill position in the first round again. I need like a, a five year moratorium on that. That's not how you build winning teams. Ask the early two thousands Lions how that worked out. It's, and I'm pretty sure you'd be excited to not see Miles Sanders, the starting running back in Philadelphia. Uh, Though he, he still would be next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be fine with it. I've, I've just come to grips that Sirianni hates him as much as I do, so it doesn't really mm. matter. It, I, I, yeah, like me some Kenneth Walker a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. Would be very interesting in a run-heavy offense. And you could do worse than having eight picks in the top 50 and including five defensive players when you're trying to inject some youth into a team yes couldn't agree more buddy could not agree more i think i I should be gm after how he gets fired in 27 years i'd be i'd be all set i heard oh yeah god i they listen to too much local sports radio the any is too much but yes the, the scariness of the fact that you know, Lurie's son is eventually going to take over this team, and that guy's known Howie his entire life, and Howie's like a mentor. That, that, Howie might never, he might be in our lives forever, Chris. He might literally be in our lives forever, and I, I, one, can't stand it. Well, let's talk about those Philadelphia Eagles who head to New York to take on the New York football Jets, and Bavada's got the Jets plus six and a half at home. The Eagles are a disgrace. They're a, hmm. they are a horrendous franchise who has... Please don't hold back. They are inept in all, in all suits. They turned the ball over four times in a game and still had a chance to win, 
uh, and and inexplicably just can't do anything right. They just can't. They can't do anything right. They get everybody's hopes up, and then they dash them, losing to a team that can get a 4-0 turnover advantage and still have to make a fourth down stop with 30 seconds left in a game to actually win. Like, that's how bad the Giants are, and we lost to them. The Jets are coming off yeah. a win. Zach Wilson. I, I He throws weird. Played. Yeah, he played <laughs> is the best way to describe it. That play where he threw the interception like off the off his own teammates back. I don't know what was going on. It, it, like, I it, the Jets are just. I, I mean, the Eagles are inept, but the Jets are just. It's bad. It's even on a win, they do things that you just like scratch your head. At, like, how is this even possible? Michael Carter's yep. out still. I think the Eagles win this game because I think the Jets are just that awful, but. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know if you can be proud at that. If you're an Eagles fan, I'm proud. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons, and Bavada has the Falcons 11 point home underdogs. I think the Bucks showed a lot in in that game against the Colts. They were coming off two tough losses, including a loss following their bye, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's a game that. Uh, the Colts are a good team. Like the Colts, even though the record may not reflect it as much as you would think, the Colts are very talented on both the offense and defensive side of the ball. And the 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 Bucks were able to kind of wade their way through it and made the plays when they had to. And that's what teams that win and and you know go deep in the playoffs do. And I think they can carry momentum from that game. I know they'll they'll miss Devin White. Right, he got hurt over the weekend. I don't know how long that is or if it's something major i haven't seen anything about it but um it's i oh devin white cleared to play all right well he's back so they won't miss him um yeah i think i think that game proved a lot though to anybody that was doubting if the bucks are a serious contender uh they 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 most certainly can win uh on the road against good teams and to me the falcons they're the most perplexing team. Like they they beat a fa- like they're a different team with Cordero Patterson. They beat the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. They kind of let the Jaguars hang around a little bit, but the Falcons aren't a blow them out kind of team. They don't have their best op. Well, maybe it's not their best option with Patterson, but they don't have Calvin Ridley. Pitts was sort of well, and their just, defense is abysmal. Yeah, their defense stinks, so it's hard for them to you know it, it's hard for them to sustain leads and things like that, but. I just this is a division game in Atlanta. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I think this is a closer game than than we think. I I, I pay to do it. I'll take Atlanta. Oh wow. I think they oh, keep wow. it close. Okay. It's I'm doing myself a note yeah. right now. What? So you can mock me next week? Uh, no, that I need to call. <laughs> I need to call a contractor tomorrow that I forgot about. Yeah, well, what can you do? But hey, I'll mock you any day of the week. <laughs> Accurate. Don't no no worries about that. The Jacksonville Jaguars head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Biggest line of the week here. Bavada's got the Rams minus thirteen at home. This is exactly who the Rams needed to face, right? The Rams have done nothing but struggle. They've lost three straight. It hasn't looked good by any stretch of the imagination. I think they haven't won since Robert Woods got hurt. Um, 
they they looked really bad against the Packers. Like it was it was awful. And now you get to play Jacksonville, who I stinks. Like Jacksonville flat out just just bad. Like they're I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their identity is offensively. Like it's just it's baffling how you can have a guy like Trevor Lawrence and not let him actually like really try to throw the ball. And maybe he throws it yeah. away, but that's that's sort of growing pains when it comes to a rookie quarterback in a pass heavy style offense. One that at least tries to air it out. They may throw a lot, but it's never it doesn't feel like it's ever downfield. And maybe they just don't have the skill positions to do it. I don't know. But uh right. this is a game where I think the Rams can absolutely you know, absolutely slaughter the the Jaguars. I think, I think it's it's a we're gonna we're gonna get back to the basics here and and really go after after this team. They're gonna they're gonna beat them so bad. Urban will be in South Bend on Monday. Oh boy, the Washington Football Team travels to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, and Bavada's got the Raiders minus two at home. I the 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 football team. All of a sudden, deciding to become a viable team again is rather yeah. annoying. I am not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. Um, to have to pretend like this is some sort of good football team. They do have very good players. Gibson, very good. McLaren, very good. Once you get past that, I don't need the Logan Thomas hype. He's fine. It is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But but outside of that, like Heineke's fine. He manages the game, and if the defense plays well, that's that that's their that's their mix on winning. But you beat a Seahawks team that's utter garbage. You beat a Seahawks team yeah. that can't get their ball to their best player on offense because their coach is literally obsessed with trying to establish the run with their third string running back. Like it's 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 bizarre to me what that team's doing. So I, I put a little less faith in the what the football team being like uh, real contenders here. Um, and then Vegas, Vegas coming off a huge win. You beat the Cowboys on the road on Thanksgiving. You come home, you you, you keep you, you keep a little bit of life in that division. And I I mm-hmm. think this is a very winnable game. It's a very winnable game. You're catching you're catching a team on uh, that's won two big games coming to your you know your stadium. I think this is a game where Derek Carr can flourish. Waller being week to week hurts. That definitely limits the offense significantly, but Jacobs has had an underrated year. I think he's, I think he's been more, uh, he's been, he's contributed more than I think he's, he's gotten, I guess, recognition for. Um, mm-hmm. So if they can, they can rely a little bit on that run game to open it up, and and I think they can, I think they can do it. I think they can take the the football team down at home. Yeah, so that is a that is a very interesting interesting position we find ourselves in there. I'm uh, I don't know. It's the football team is a weird team. The football team is a very very weird. The Raiders are also a very weird team. So yeah. Uh, speaking of very weird uh, stats, you talked about the Eagles turning the ball over four times and still having a chance to win. I saw a unbelievable stat that. Uh, since 2015, quarterbacks who have thrown four interceptions in a game were 0-35 up until last weekend when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens managed to beat the Cleveland Browns. Lamar heads to Pittsburgh this week to take on the Steelers, and Bavada has the Steelers plus four and a half. Lamar could probably throw four more and in this game, and they'd probably still win. I don't know if they'd cover... 
dude, the, two of those interceptions before half, like, it was it was an insane Sunday night weird. game. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a game just go back and forth with turnovers like that, uh, or at least not one I, that I remember off the top of my head. Um, but the Ravens just seem to get it done. Like, you know, we talked earlier about Hertz has, what, is it eight games where he's failed to reach 200? Yep. Lamar Jackson won an MVP with six games under 200 yards passing. So it it's it's certainly a doable thing to win that way. Um, I don't know if you can have Super Bowl success to win that way, but you can certainly have success as a team uh, that way. So to me, I, I I like this team. I just don't know if I don't know consistently if they can get it done all the time and like they're in a conference where nobody really wants to take charge like we thought the bills were going to be that team they're not the chiefs aren't really the chiefs the titans are just i mean the titans essentially are walking like who are we talking about right now we're talking about the ravens um the ravens aren't in the division with those i'm talking about the conference conference, i said division i meant conference sorry um that is like them in that in that driver's seat essentially for the conference right now is it's an interesting place to be because I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if they're that like dominant of a team. And then the Steelers are just, I mean, they're just a literal nightmare. Like, I don't, I don't know what to make week in and week out. Some weeks they look great. Other weeks they lose 45 to 10. Big Ben looks old and then Big Ben looks, eh, he could probably play like another year or two. Um, it's not good. It's not good for Pittsburgh. I think they're going to have to really reevaluate what they're going to do come off season time uh i think because they're at home they can cover but i don't know if they win i think the biggest problem for pittsburgh in this game despite the uh the talent differential which isn't great is that they're a team that prides themselves on being able to get to the quarterback without blitzing and blitzing is the way to beat the Steelers or the ravens yeah that's <laughs> it's a very tough uh it's a very tough uh matchup in terms of lamar being able to move around and get away from yeah. four down linemen or three down line, you know what I mean? Like not having to send anybody else, it, it's a huge advantage if you can get there and you can tackle, a, you know, a stiff uh, quarterback back there. But Lamar's not that guy. He's able to utilize his legs, unlike many other quarterbacks we've seen. So uh, I, I think, like I said, I think the Ravens can for sure win. I, I just think the Steelers keep it close. The San Francisco 49ers head to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks, and Bavada has the Seahawks plus three at home. Home dogs. It's home dogs without without Debo Samuel on the other side, too. Yep. Which is crazy. But Seattle looks inept offensively. Like they they are not able to do much in terms of throwing the ball. We just don't throw the ball to DK Metcalf, which is interesting. I don't know what that is. Like, he was wide open uh, late in that uh, era on the two-point conversion. He Like Devontae Smith, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. Um, It's it's weird. Pete Carroll's obsession with trying to run the ball. I I would have put $1,000 down that on that two-point conversion, Pete Carroll was going to run the ball from the two-yard line or three-yard line because he just obsessed with trying to establish the run and when it's not working like you put your team in third and eight third and nine situations consistently it's easy to defend that you know you know what's Mm -hmm. coming so i don't know russ looks like he needs they need something to to 
jog that team and it's 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 not good. And the 49ers like they're again a mystifying team. I don't know if I trust them on the road like that without Debo. Debo's been one of the most like uh, electric players in terms of offensive output all season. It's kind of gone under the radar because the 49ers have been mediocre. But uh, yeah. I mean, he scored two touchdowns. He had one catch for 2 yards. He had but four carries for like 75 yards. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So it stinks to have him go down uh, for that team. You have to hope that Ayuk can step up. I don't even know who else is on that team in terms of uh, receivers. Juwan, Juwan Jennings is the other starting receiver. I, yeah. I, I think that's what they said. The DK thing is perplexing. After that huge 83 catch, 1,300-yard season last year, He's on pace for 68 catches and minus a thousand, well, sub a thousand yards. So he's on pace for a JJAW year. <laughs> if only, Gregory. <laughs> if only. Yeah, I mean. Although I, I, I might start JJAW next week. Yeah, you might have to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's just there's just something broken with that Seattle offense, and I, I don't know what it is. It's not like. It's not like there there weren't patterns and things. I mean, they showed the replays a million times. Like he was open, he's just not getting looks. Like it's it's mm-hmm. weird. It's very. It seems like a touchy situation, and I don't really know why. Yeah, the Denver Broncos head to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, and Bavada has the Chiefs minus ten at home. <sighs> the Broncos, the Broncos, the Broncos, the Broncos. They are arguably like if the chargers are up and down, the Broncos are right there with them because some games they compete and then some games they lose to the Eagles, like for no Mm -hmm. reason. Like it's really weird. I think it all starts with being able to get the running game going. I think they need to move a little bit more away from the Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, 50, 50 split and start really giving Williams the ball. The last couple of games, he's consistently gone up in yardage and, and been, you know, sort of that workhorse back and, and let that guy really, really run and open up, you know, that passing game to see if you can get Cortland Sutton open or Tim Patrick or whoever it is. And defensively, mm-hmm. I don't know if they can hang with the Chiefs. I, I think that, you know, Sertan looked great, honestly. Two picks, I think, in that game against the Chargers. One, I think, went for a touchdown. Like, he yeah. he was he was fantastic against guys like Keenan Allen I just think Terry kills a little bit of a different animal. Plus, you're getting Andy Reid off a bye. This feels like uh, feels like Chief Central here, and and you know they've won a couple gritty games in a row. It, it feels like it could be a uh, a big number for the Chiefs. And our final game on Monday Night Football. This one should be fun. The New England Patriots head to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills, and Bavada has the Bills. Minus two and a half at home. We will have a member of the Better's Delight crew in Buffalo for this game. Uh, oh, very exciting. Um, Who's going to Buffalo? Mikey is going to Buffalo. Um, Why? Well, one of our cousins is a season ticket holder for the Bills, and he invited him to mm-hmm. go. So, all right, fair yeah. Enough. So he, he he will be in attendance. We'll get a full live report for him. Um, you know, to to hook us up and and give us all the inside scoop. My cousin's notorious for going into the game several hours early um, to get in his seats and be prepared for the start of the game. I don't know. Oh, one of those guys. Yeah. So, uh, so it should be it should be very interesting to see how uh, 
how that game is and get the full live report from Buffalo in, in the snow. Um, to me, the Patriots are on a roll right now, man. And I know Buffalo mm-hmm. beat New Orleans um, on Thanksgiving, but that's not really that impressive. And Buffalo's struggled. No. I I hate to do this to, to Buffalo, but I think this is a game where Mac Jones and those guys can go in there and, and they can win this game outright against the Bills. It's going to be disappointing and sort of deja vu, but they're just a team that sort of hit a weird stride. I'm not saying that they're going to go on to win the Super Bowl, but right now they're playing the best football in the NFL. The Bills just aren't. And it's, it's going to be on display, I think, Monday night. Agreed. All right. Well, that is it for week 13 in the National Football League. And that is it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Cronin, I'm Chris Powerdale. Thanks for listening.